0: Escaping the culture of complaining. One of the most dangerous sins are sins of the mouth. As we just uh, talked about in the offering time. That the words of our mouth steer the course of our life in every single area. Amen. And, uh, okay, I got distracted. I want to stop. I, I saw this on Facebook, so I'm assuming this is public now. Jordan, is that right? Stand up, Miss Jordan. Now, listen, we are proud of all of our kids, but I want to brag on this young lady right here. She has just gotten a big scholarship and then like scholarships upon different aids and helps. And she's going to be going to Colorado Christian University, one of an elite school in the in the in the country. Uh, in around the Denver area, somewhere not far from Denver. We're going to lose you at least for a little while, down in 2020. But listen, Amber and I, we are so exceedingly proud, in a good way, of you. You've been very studious, hit the books, overcome a lot of challenges. And uh, I just wanted to brag on you and just say, wow. I mean, we're just really excited for you as you're pursuing your call and your dreams. Amen. Amen. Got great, 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 big dreams and big things ahead, and uh, remember us in your future glory. Right, Amen. I I wanted to I wanted to say that. So so excited for you. So so grateful for you. Praise God. Okay, Amen. So we were talking just a moment ago before I got off the, not off the spirit, but off the message uh, about you know sins of the mouth. And uh, sometimes I, I think that until we really get our minds sufficiently renewed, that we can have this idea that it's not that big a deal. You know what comes out of our mouth. It's just not that big a deal. You know, they're just words. But when you begin to read your Bible, it's going to be inescapable from Genesis to Revelation that words dominate the spirit realm. Words dominate our very own life. And uh, let's read a verse here in Philippians chapter 2. And let's keep in mind, you know, the setting here. Of course, this is a seasoned man of God, the Apostle Paul. And he is writing from prison. Now, this is not federal prison where they have Wi-Fi and televisions and weight rooms and rec areas, you know, and libraries. None of that. They carved out a hole in a rock and they put a bar on it and stuck him in a chain, not, not even a mattress or a flushing toilet to use the restroom in. Right. And here is this man of God writing, and look at what he has the gumption to say in this setting. Verse 14 of um, Philippians chapter 2 it says, Do all things without complaining. <laughs> Do all things without murmuring and disputings. Now, the King James word for disputing is arguing. Or as my mama said, talking back. <laughs> right? And uh, so right here in the Bible is tucked this, this wonderful little scripture that says that we are never to complain. Never. We are never, ever to be caught with complaining or murmuring in our mouth. Amen. But I want, and we know this, right? We know this, but (laughs) we still complain. In fact, if you're like me, and I know you are, that uh, it's a challenge to go half a day. (laughs) much less a long period of time without yielding to the temptation to whine, gripe, moan, complain, argue, fuss, fight. (laughs) Do I need to nitpick? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yet the Bible says that we're not supposed to do it. Amen? That we are not supposed to do it. And uh, so, hallelujah, the world out there lives in a culture of complaining. Now, if you get on Facebook, you get on chat rooms, and, you know, 90% of what out, what's out there is complaining. You know, YouTube, and YouTube's full of reviews. And you could get on there and say, okay, about the new movie. And and all you have is this long list of, well, it's good, but. And this, but. And I don't like that, but. You know, and, you know, whatever it is, we're going to exalt and find the negative. Mm -hmm. Amen? And so we, uh, if we're going to just go with the culture, we're going to complain like everyone else. But we have to escape this culture of complaining, And the way we do that is to get a revelation, number one, that complaining is a sin. It's a serious thing with God. It carries serious consequences. In fact, go ahead and turn over in your Bible to the book of Jude. And this is just one example, but you'll find grumbling and complaining along in lists of sins that include murder, adultery, and fornication. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Amen. And so we don't want to take time to read this, just a a one chapter letter that Jude wrote. But uh, beginning in verse 11, he says, Woe unto them. And he begins to talk about compromised people in the church world. And he talks about how they are clouds without water. (laughs) They are trees without fruit raging winds of the sea, and they cause all kinds of trouble. And he just begins to go on and on and on. Now, we'll go ahead and pick it up in verse 15. It says that, the, well, the latter part of verse 14 says, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of His saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all of their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed of all of their hard speeches, which ungodly... Man, he's wearing out the word ungodly, isn't he? Which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts. Their mouth speaks great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. He goes on and just begins to talk about... It. So notice what's included here. Murmurers... And complainers is, some, is a behavior that Jesus is coming back with ten thousands of His saints to execute judgment for. Amen. Now, I want to get to the, just cut to the chase on a nugget here that just shocked me. I mean, I love the Word of God. Do you love the Word? I love the Word. You sit down to study and if you dig it, uh, in it you're going to find a new nugget. It doesn't matter how long you've been studying the Word. And I went back, and we'll get their time willing, and looked up the Hebrew word for murmur. The Hebrew word for murmur. And you will be shocked, I think, at what the Hebrew definition of the word murmur means. Are you ready? This is what it means. It means to stay permanently. It means to remain or to spend the night. Now that's odd, isn't it? But think about it. We know what it means to murmur. It means to gripe. It means to bellyache. It means to express complaint. But that's not what the Hebrew definition says. God chose this language where the consequences of doing it is the definition in the Hebrew. So in other words, what is He saying when we say that the Hebrew word for murmur means to stay put, to stay permanently? To remain or to spend the night. Well, it means whatever you're complaining about, you're staying in. Whatever you're complaining about, you're going to stay in until you fix that. Until you get that turned around. In other words, if you complain about not having enough money, you're going to spend the night in that condition. And you're going to remain permanently in a state of lack and want until you learn to be grateful, until you learn to shut your mouth, until you learn how to use your words like the guy was saying, right? Life didn't turn, he lost his home, lost all of his furniture, it was all repossessed and it didn't turn around for him until he stopped speaking negatively and started confessing the word of God. So many people have wondered, how long am I going to have to put up with this situation? Well, probably as long as you keep griping about it. Yeah, that's right. You gripe about that car, you're probably going to keep that, right? Yep. Well, the next car, you, you know, and we just gripe all the time. Single people, I hear them gripe because they're lonely and they don't have a spouse. And then they get married and the next thing I hear out of them is they're griping about not having their freedom anymore. <laughs> Now they gotta ask someone if it's okay to go where they could go without you know a- approval before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Uh, people, people gripe about living in an apartment, so God gives them a house, and then they gripe about having to maintain it. <laughs> right? We wanted the car, we signed on the dotted loan, and then we gripe about the payment. Amen. I see it's just a human fallen nature to gripe and to whine and to moan. Amen. Now the greatest example of how serious murmuring is, is the Israelite generation that came out of Egypt. (laughs) History and geography tell us that from Egypt to the promised land is an 11 day journey. It's an 11-day journey to get from Egypt where they were to over across the Jordan into the Promised Land. But notice, what did they do out there in the wilderness? That's all they did. That's all they did is gripe and moan and complain against leadership and about leadership and bemoan their decisions and we hate this manna and now we're thirsty and we got enemies, and it would have been better off if you'd have just left us here as a slave. Yeah. And over and over and over and over again. And, you know, if you, if you just uh, do a scripture search on murmur or murmurings and look up those, it's repeat, it's just thick in Exodus, which chronicles their journey, the Exodus out of Egypt. And, you know, think about it. They griped about. Manna. Their food is falling out of the sky in the desert. Right? I mean, they're getting a miracle every meal. But they quickly turned to griping about it. We don't want this stale manna. We don't want this bland cracker. We want meat. And they just griped and griped. And listen, here's what you need to get a revelation of. Over and over again in Exodus is, and God heard it. One scripture says that he heard their murmurings against him that they spoke in their tent. So in other words, God hears not just what you say in the halls of church, but in your house, by yourself, in your garage, in your kitchen, where you are. He hears our murmurings and our complaints. And they griped and it opened up a door to the enemy. So that the vipers, snakes came into the camp, poisonous snakes, and thousands of them died. Thousands and thousands of them died before the plague was stayed because of Moses' prayers. What opened? Listen, they lost their lives. Did they commit adultery? Did they murder somebody? No. What they do? They griped. They griped, they complained against God, and they complained against Moses, which was their pastor in the wilderness. And they lost their lives for it. See, complaining is not a small thing. We're going to have to get on top of this and break it. Amen. Complaining is the voice of unbelief and doubt. Complaining is the vocalizing of your unbelief and your doubt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Complaining caused the children of Israel to stumble into unbelief, rebellion against God, and disobedience to His Word. Mm -hmm. And it was great. It was, they yielded to that. You know, you know what I mean, right? When that thing starts churning on the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we know we've been there. And then it gets in our mouth. And out it comes about the boss, and out it comes about our wife, and out it comes about our kids, and out it comes about whatever it is. Well, most, most of the time, you, you know, it's going to lead you to act in ways that are not becoming. See, they refused to go into the wilderness. They, or, I mean, into the promised land. They refused because they didn't believe. And they got into unbelief because they just started talking. And whining and griping and complaining. <laughs> Amen. Another Hebrew definition for the word murmur means the malicious whisper of slander. The malicious whisper whisper of slander. Anytime we complain about our life, we are slandering God. That's how he sees it. Now, why would that be? Somebody in your life might be worthy of, they might have earned a complaint. That I'm not saying you, you're in, you know, okay to do it. But God is not worthy or deserving of our complaining. And so to complain, right, is slander against God. Because God's good and He's perfect. And he's high above, and he's the boss, and he's the Lord, and everything he does is just and right and perfect. And for us to gripe is to slander his goodness, his faithfulness, his character. So, see, when they griped against the manna, see, they're slandering him who's being good to them. They would be, you know, if they didn't have the manna, they'd be griping because they didn't have anything to eat. Now they have something to eat, and they're griping about what they do have to eat. See, you get in a flow of complaining until you break the back of that thing, it's power in your life, you'll never be satisfied no matter what level you attain in life. Right? Well, I'm tired of... One of you know, griping about an apartment, God gave you a house, and now you have a house, but you want a bigger house. Now you get a bigger house, and you gripe about having to clean it. Yeah. Right? right. right. <laughs> and so, if it, it's not the thing, it's never the thing, it's that... It's that temptation in our flesh that we have to break and get conquered in our life. Amen. Or it won't matter. It won't matter what level you're on. It doesn't matter because whatever level you attain, right, whatever good thing you come into is going to have its own challenges with it. Oh, I thank God for this building. But you know what? This building has to be maintained, painted and repainted, equipment checked, Right? So it's a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. It's a blessing from God. But see, I have to, and I'm really pretty good, I think, in this area. I'm not going to gripe about maintenance and repair and utilities and upkeep and whatever. That's what we wanted. That's what we prayed for. That's what God assigned. That's what, right? And there's no need to complain because we have a supply from God for everything we need. And so to gripe in the light of that is, again, do you see how it's slander against God? That paints kind of a serious thing about it. Amen. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 for a moment. So again, you know, if we're going to break this, it's just so easy to do. And oftentimes, if you're like me again, you're complaining before you realize you're complaining. So you've got to cast that fishing line out there, Brother Cade, and get that back in. Oh, sorry. Catch yourself. <laughs> And, uh, Amen. Don't, and don't be easy on yourself. Make, you know, get that corrected. Repent. So, 1 Corinthians 10, 9 and 10, says, Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them, speaking of those Israelites, also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur you, as some of them also murmured. And we destroyed by the destroyer. That's pretty serious. He's connecting destruction from the devil himself through the coming to our life through the open door of complaining. <laughs> Selah. Hallelujah. Now in verse 11 it says, Now all these things happened unto them for in samples or for an example and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall so these things that happened unto Israel were written for our admonition and for our example and that we are to learn from their example so it's not like it doesn't apply to us So remember, God brought them out and He had a great plan and a great destiny for them, but they had to remain in the wilderness. They spent the night for 40 years in the very circumstance that they complained about. That's what that means. So just remember before you open your mouth and gripe, how much longer do you want to live in that circumstance? (laughs) or do you really want it to change amen do you really want to swing the door wide open for the devil to come in and destroy some area of your life because that little gal got your fast food restaurant order wrong is it worth that or because the hotel room doesn't smell just exactly the way you think it ought to <laughs> That's a side note, anyway. <laughs> right? Glory to God. I mean, human beings, we are the most creative people. We can find something to complain about anything. <laughs> Amen. So, understanding such, you know, that this is such a, a danger, uh, praise God. One of the positive things that we can do is we go to, let's go to Hebrews. 13, is to cultivate a flow, a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Amen? Because if if we'll cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving, we won't won't leave any room for complaining to get in. Praise God. You know, uh, about the Thanksgiving holiday, of course, you know, we've got the pilgrims and, and those first settlers that came over. And from what I understand about the history of Thanksgiving, the holiday, uh, you know, that they had they'd had this feast. They'd had hard winters. They'd lost families and leaders. And, uh, but the, the Native Americans had come along and actually helped them, assisted them with uh, game and meat and told them how to actually plant and do things right to get a harvest. And so things were beginning to turn. Uh, but uh, I, I read even an account today in uh, one of the, one of the settlements that history says that uh, things had been difficult. They had been difficult for a lot of seasons, and there had been death, and there had been disease. And they kept calling uh, seasons, the whole community, to seasons of fasting and prayer. But the fasting and prayer, there was no joy to it. We're fasting, we're suffering, we're trying to get God to listen to us and to help us. And finally this guy stood up in the midst of their community and said, listen, we've been there. And every time we fast and pray, we kind of get into this whining and crying, oh God, help us mode. Mm-hmm. Why don't we take stock of all that we have? Right? Yeah, right? And instead of going down that road, we've been down that road. Let's, let's express our joy and our thanks to God For how things are beginning to turn for us. And that's what they did. And that's one of the things that sparked the Thanksgiving holiday. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes even our prayer times can be born out of a motivation that's negative. The very entrance, the way we approach the throne of God is already prescribed. You know, you're in Hebrews 13, but we know what Psalms 100 says, right? Enter in. To his, through his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Amen. We don't even get through the gate if we're griping. We don't even get through the open gate up there into his audience. If we're not, if we don't have a praise in our mouth, if we don't have thanks on our lips. Amen. Hallelujah. So Hebrews 13. Uh, Verse 15 says, But him or by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Everyone say continually. What's that say to you? All the time. Constant, all the time, a living flow. Amen. Continually offer unto God the sacrifice of praise. And of course, it's a sacrifice because we don't always feel like giving it. Amen. But instead of complaining, what should we do? We should offer thanks. We should give Him praise. And notice how He defines the sacrifice of praise continually. That is, okay, He's going to define it, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. Amen? Bite your tongue, withhold that complaint, gather yourself, and from the inside say, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Father. And just cultivate that. And it just should be an ongoing thing. Oh, Father, I praise you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for life. It's like one preacher I, I uh, uh, read after today uh, he said that he just almost was annoying with his praise. He'd praise God for everything. And he just praise God, praise God, praise God. You know, something, you know, get a bill at the store, So praise God. And then, But he comes in with his finger all bundled up and wrapped up. He'd injured it and cut it real bad with a knife. And they all wondered, oh, what, now what, we wonder what he's going to do. You know, because now he's got something bad that's happened to him. He came in and said, oh, yeah, I cut my finger, but praise God, I didn't cut it off. Hallelujah. Praise God. I cut it, but I didn't cut it off. Praise <laughs> God. Amen. No, we just need to be... We just need to be thankful. Go over to 1st, it's back to the left, 1st Thessalonians chapter 5. Are you grateful? Are you thankful? Praise the Lord. I've got it here in my notes, but I need the reference. I know it's in 1st Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 18. Let's just go ahead and read verse 16, 17, 18. It says, Rejoice how often? You remember what Reverend Joel Siegel pointed out to us? That means perpetually more and more. Mm -hmm. Rejoice perpetually more and more. Well, if you're doing that, there's not going to be a lot of room for complaining to get in and trip you up. Amen. Pray without ceasing. And praise is the highest form of prayer. It's been said, and I believe it. Verse 18. Notice it says, in everything... It does not say for everything. You don't come home with a cancer diagnosis and thank God for it. God didn't, you don't, he didn't, he didn't give it to you. So you don't thank him for it. It's not anything to be thankful for. It says in everything, in every circumstance, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. So in a cancer diagnosis, God forbid that would ever happen, in it you give thanks. Now, why could you do it? Because you know He's your healer, and canc- God's greater than all. He's greater than that disease. He's great. You know, you come home have to tell your wife you lost, lost your job. You got laid off. We don't thank God for it, but in it, don't gripe, don't moan. Right? Listen, uh, when we give thanks, it turns God loose. In our situations. But to complain is to turn the devil loose. Because it's the voice of unbelief. And God work, the devil works in that unbelief. It's an open door unto him. Because it's a sin, God said don't do it. Paul said by the Spirit, Do all things without complaining and arguing. Your boss tells you to do something a way that you wouldn't normally do it, you better do it. And don't argue. Don't argue and don't talk back with a with a Christian, you know, symbol around your neck or a bumper sticker on your car, and sit there and argue with your boss. <laughs> right? You're hurting your witness. Complaining is one of the things that, that hinders the Christian witness. You hurt your witness. Because everybody out there in the dark culture complains and gripes. That's the flow. You want to stand out and be a light in this world? Don't gripe. Don't whine. Don't complain. Be submissive. Do what the ushers tell you with a smile. And Don't send me any emails about it. Because they work for me. (laughs) Right? It's amazing. I don't want to sit there. I don't want to sit there. Would you please? I, I, no, I'm not going to. In fact, I'm going to climb over this purple rope. You rebellious thing. <laughs> See, and you, you want God to do all these big, huge things for you. You know what you're going to do? You're going to spend the night yeah. in that sorry condition. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> Right? I like the way my spiritual father, Dr. Jacob, says it. He says, if I tell my staff or someone under my authority, and I'm, on, I'm in authority, he said, on this campus, that's right. And that's, that would be true for me. Right. If I ask you to do something that's not illegal, immoral, unethical, or unscriptural, all you should tell me is, yes, sir. Right. Amen. <laughs> Did y'all get those four things? If it's unethical, immoral, unscriptural, or illegal, you don't have to do it. But sit here is not unethical, immoral, illegal, or unscriptural. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, thanks is the voice of faith. Thanks and praise is faith's way of expressing itself. I don't like this circumstance I'm in, but I thank God He's with me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. This need I'm facing has a supply. He'll never fail me. He'll never lose His hold on me. I know I'm coming out on the Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That See, that's faith. Faith never gripes. Faith never complains. If you're in faith about your marriage, you're not griping about it. (laughs) It doesn't mean that we might not deal with issues, but you don't graduate over into whining and griping and moaning and nagging and nitpicking because faith, it believes something. And if you believe God's granted your request or he's moving on your behalf, that he always leads us in triumph. That's what the Bible says. Then even without seeing or feeling the turn or the change, the victory yet, you go, thank you, father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you I'd have to go back and journal, and I hadn't been ultra faithful to journaling everything because I mean, month 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 after month after month after month after month after month after month, God has moved supernaturally for my family this year. And we've just had to live facing the unknown of how will he pay it this time? How will he pay it this time? And then you add on this maintenance bill and that ceiling that exploded with water damage. And this water tank is down. And hello, you ever been there? That's a good opportunity in the natural if you're going to be in the flesh to gripe and groan and complain. You just bite your lip. Thank you, Father. It's just another opportunity. Praise God to see you work. To see, the, to see the hand of my faithful provider to come through for him. And he just has. Amen. Amen. And just get up every day and say, Father, don't know how you're going to do it this month. But praise God, I thank you for it in advance. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith never gripes. Faith never complains. Amen. Hallelujah. So it says, in everything, give thanks. Now notice this, for this is is the will of God in Christ for you. Pastor, what's the will of God? Stop griping. In every situation, express your thanks. Be thankful. Be thankful. But you don't know what I'm dealing with, Pastor. Do you believe God's going to turn that? Do you believe God's on the case? Do you believe that by His stripes you're healed? Yes. Well, then act like it. Right? Act like it. Come on. Praise God. It's not faith. It's not faith to give some half-hearted thanks after it's already done. Then you're walking by sight. You're not walking by faith. Yeah, you've got to give Him thanks while the bill says unpaid on Him. While you don't have the income you want. You thank God for the money you have. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to spend the night in that, at that income level. You're going to remain. You're going to stay. The Hebrew was stay permanently. You're going to stay permanently at that income level until you can get happy about it. Amen. Not that you don't want more. Not that you don't aspire. Right. But Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content." One author I read after today said, you're not going to be able to move forward in the blessings of God until you're uh, comfortable and content with what you have and not hassled and harassed by what you don't yet have. Mm -hmm. Every one of us in this room doesn't have in our life something we want to have. Every single one of us. I don't have yet the tractor I want. Right? But I'm not going to be hassled and disturbed and envious and jealous of over what I don't have. Right? I'm going to be grateful and thankful. I know a guy who comes and does my work for me mm-hmm. until I can get my own tractor. Right. But see, I'm never going to qualify in God's mind to have that thing that I want in my life, mm-hmm. till I can be grateful for all the things I already have. Right. God has so much for all of us to have, for all of us to enjoy. That's right. Pastor, you don't understand. I got an arm that doesn't work. That means you got one that does. Amen. Is that not right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got a pain in my back. Well, but you're not in a wheelchair. Things are not perfect in my marriage. You're still together. You're still together. right? I'm <laughs> Just telling you. Be grateful. Could I just say this simply as, it could be worse. It could be worse. Right? It could be worse than it is today. A whole lot worse. It could always be worse. I mean, I have a wife who loves me, is loyal to me, faithful to me. (laughs) Amen. I have three kids who love Jesus. Don't give me any problem. I love them. They love me. They actually like me, I think. On some level, I like them. I mean, life is sweet. Amen. We've not been able to do everything we've wanted to do and had set for ourselves as a goal this year. But you know what God is, I'm just telling you in my experience. It could be we our credit is intact. Nobody's calling me on the phone. All our bills are paid. We just got some new clothes. I've been really blessed. Right. I mean, I got nothing to be griping about. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And everything I got out there on the table and my family, too, it's all coming. But not while I'm griping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when we leave here, we're going to get tested. You get around those family members this Thanksgiving, (laughs) right? (laughs) You're going to be tempted. You young people, oh, I got to go over there. And I know that guy, uncle, uncle, whoever, he going to talk for 20 minutes about how tall I got. Grab my cheek and pinch my cheek. Pull me on their lap like I'm still four years old. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do, but you better not gripe about it. <laughs> Amen. We getting this over to you? Glory to God. Let's, let's close with one more thought here. Let's, let's go to Isaiah and then we'll, we'll close right there. Oh, glory to God. This may be one you want to get on your phone, your MP3, keep it there. Because you're going to need this one. This message, right? You're going to need it in the future. (laughs) Maybe before the night is over, you get out in the parking lot and your car won't start. Just remember what I just preached. God! Raining! Stupid car! And your angel goes... Make him spend a night, one more night, and one more season in that car. Stupid car. If I didn't have to tie to that church, I could buy a new car. God hears that murmur in your tent. At Pastor Nancy's house, Dr. Dufresne, then, and I, I understand they still have this saying, the vipers get to gripers. And that's from that Old Testament account. If you want the vipers to get you, just gripe a little bit. Those demons will just come and bite you. Hello. (laughs) Another thing, just a nugget here. Complaining is also a manifestation of selfishness. If you think about it, it's selfishness on display. Your food, your order, your late, your you. We don't typically gripe. Oh, I'm a gripe ambassador for Karen, you know. You know, I don't, I don't complain about what she's dealing with. Right? So complaining is a manifestation of, it's, you're saying to everyone around you, I'm being selfish right now. Yeah. It's all about me right now. Forget that that little waitress gal is a single mom with three kids and trying to figure it out. And The boss just yelled at her and the kitchen's dysfunctional today. And now you're hard to deal with. Because it's all about you in that moment. We need to rehearse that a lot. It's not about me. I know Keith Moore, he lives by this Creed, God's first, others are second, and I am last. That's the blessed position. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. So anyway, praise God. You know, another thing about uh, complaining is that it contaminates. You get someone who's flowing along in the Spirit doing real good and you start griping and that you poison them and you contaminate them and you change their good positive attitude in a moment. Now they're infected with your griping. The ten spies they came out from a month in the land and they came home and griped. They came home and griped in front of the whole camp of Israel. Uh Ten of them out of the twelve and infected that whole camp with their Doubt, unbelief, whining, lack of faith. And it sentenced all of them to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. See, complaining is very dangerous. Because you'll be held responsible before God for those you poison at the office. Those you poison at church. Those you poison at the home. In the home. And around you. And on social media. Because you're griping all the time. And anyone who gets into the flow of griping because you griped first... You're responsible, right? Those 10 spies, they suffered the same fate except they were stoned to death, right? They didn't get to live 40 years. They were held ultra accountable because they infected the congregation with doubt and unbelief. So it destroys your witness. You're being selfish and you're poisoning other people who didn't want to be poisoned with that. So anyway, okay. Isaiah 61, verse number 3. It says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. I'm sorry, it's Isaiah 61. If I didn't give you that. Isaiah 61, verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the Spirit of heaviness. The Amplified says that God would give consolation and joy to those who mourn, to give them an ornament or a garland or a diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of, get this, instead of a heavy, burdened, failing spirit. Now sadly, that describes a lot of Christians. They have a heavy, burdened, Failing spirit. Amen. God's answer for that, His way out of that, is the oil of joy, rejoicing, gladness, and to put on the garment of praise. Right? So we know the problem with those who come in around us heavy, burdened, with a failing spirit... They've not put on. They've not been rejoicing. They've not been cultivating the joy of the Lord. They've not been praising God. So, anytime depression tries to get you in its grips, just go to praising God. Praise is the cure for depression, it's the cure for grief, it's the cure for heaviness. It's the cure for hopelessness. It's the cure for griping. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Is to put on that garment of praise. And it'll cause that stuff, that heaviness, that sense of being burdened. You're failing, you're going down instead of coming up high and strong. Just put on the garment of praise. Put thanksgiving in your mouth and keep it there. Amen? Did you get any help tonight? Amen. I did too. Praise God. Well, you could stand up on your